This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. These very strong winds we're seeing this morning should calm down later in the day, but it is going to remain cold for the trick-or-treaters. Due to blowing snow at this point, no travel being advised in that Jamestown Valley City area. Many other roads in the region are also covered with ice. Snowfall amounts include 5 inches at Wabin in Minnesota's Monoman County. Wadena has 3.7 inches. Grand Forks reports just under 2 inches of new snow. Fargo, less than an inch. As of Sunday, 71% of the corn is now in the bin. That's up from 59% last week. 85% of the soybeans have been harvested, up from 76% a week ago. USDA says 84% of the winter wheat is seeded. 64% of that crop has emerged. The sugar beet harvest is done in the Red River Valley in southern Minnesota. Nationwide, 84% of the beets are lifted. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says Michigan is pulling down that harvest number. It's been kind of wet and cool in Michigan of late. That has slowed down, finishing up a, a lot of field work, not just sugar beets, but for other crops as well. That has left 32% of the crop harvested for sugar beets by October 29th in Michigan, way behind the five-year average of 57%. Harvest has mostly been put on hold after the region received snowfall. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. An uptick in corn acres and yields means storage might be tight for this season. Oahe Grain Co-op General Manager Tim Lucan expects to fill up their storage before the end of corn harvest. Well, on farm storage, I think there was a fair amount out there. Granted, we went through small grain harvest. Some of it did go out there. Um, but I think what happened here is the yields on this corner are going to be a lot better than what they anticipated. And our corn acres in this area have gone up in the last few years, and it's because of the ethanol plant that we have, you know, right here in town in Oneida. But we, you know, it's going to, all of our storage is going to be full. Um, elevators are going to be full. They'll be putting stuff on the ground. Um, I know I've seen farmers have emptied out some grain already out of their grain bins and put them in bags. So, I mean, it's a mixed bag of everything out there this year. Lucan says harvest probably won't continue until later on this week when the temperatures warm up. And we got a pretty substantial amount of corn to go through yet. I would say we might be 50%. Uh, sunflowers, we might be 20%. So we've got a long ways to go yet. Well, I think, you know, if, if weather's supposed to get up in the 40s this week, uh, low 50s, which I'm sure hoping for to get rid of the snow that we have on the ground, I'm guessing they probably won't get in the fields here till maybe Thursday at the earliest. They should be back at it Friday and this weekend for sure. But yield-wise, you know, I've heard from 180-200 on the corn. Flowers is kind of a mixed bag, anywhere from 800 to 3,000. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Corn has performed well in the central North Dakota region. Burley County Ag and Natural Resources Extension agent Tyler Kralichek. So, I mean, by and large, really good. Corn, I haven't heard the exact numbers, but, uh, yeah, 150 is probably your lower end on quite a bit of that stuff unless they had some kind of, um, you know, planting issue or emergence issue along those lines. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it has been an excellent year this year. Um, even the silage, I know guys had said 
uh, you know, it's, it was tough trying to find people to do that in the first place, but uh, then when they finally got out to the place, it was slower than normal. But, you know, for all the good reasons, just for the fact of having that much tonnage compared to what they've had in the past. So, yeah, from a yield perspective this year, it's, it's been pretty fantastic across the board. Kralichek reminds farmers to keep moisture levels in mind with the cooler temperatures that have set in. The only thing that I would talk about is just making sure that, uh, you know, if it, you're keeping an eye on that grain, I mean, obviously we're into these colder temperatures, so we got a little bit of forgiveness. You know, <clears throat> if you got to take some grain that's, say, 18% moisture, um, as long as you're getting it on air, you know, you've got some wiggle room with that. Uh, the other thing is, too, if by chance you do end to get, get into bugs, we do have that pesticide certification class through NDSU, through all the counties around the state. So if guys need to get into that deal, uh, feel free to call your, your local agent on, uh, you know, pesticide certification or even, uh, you know, green drying conditions. We can try and help you out as much as possible. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending October 26 showed corn inspections, 531,000 metric tons, 18% more than the previous week, 19% more than the same week last year. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. South American weather is part of the volatility being seen in this grain market. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi says traders are becoming very concerned with the excessive rains in southern Brazil. When you look at key points like Paso Fundo, which you know, is a key uh, area in southwest um, uh, Paraná. They've received nearly 40 inches of rain since September 1st. So when you think about excessive rain across the south, uh, it does have an impact on soybeans, especially if it continues. And that's where I think the market starts to sit up and pay attention if we have the same weather pattern another 10 days. Argentine farmers are waiting for a window to plant soybeans. Well, the Argentinian weather pattern has is, is been favorable generally for the last couple of weeks. Very dry up until that point, but they've seen some rain. Farmers there are waiting. They usually will plant their soybeans now in December and then corn in late December, January. So they're just waiting for the arrival of additional rains before they get at it. But when you think about soybean meal, Argentina is virtually out of it now as we look forward to probably early May. The Biden administration has a full court press underway to promote its investments in rural America. President Biden, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will be in Northfield, Minnesota tomorrow. Be another dozen trips to rural areas by cabinet members and senior administration officials. In an interview with the Red River Farm Network, White House Senior Advisor for Rural Engagement, Will McEntee, offered insight into these events. Really the focus here and, and, and the purpose of this investing in, in rural America event series is to lift up the historic investments being made in, in rural communities uh, by this administration, uh, as well as the, the support for uh, family farmers, ranchers, forest landowners across the country uh, that uh, this administration has worked on as well. McEntee said the American Rescue Plan and the new infrastructure law has made a once-in-a-lifetime investments in roads, bridges, broadband, and more. McEntee says the administration supports a farm bill that continues to invest in farmers and ranchers. Yeah, from uh, climate smart agriculture uh, uh, to some of the other areas um, that, that this administration has been focused on providing for rural communities and supporting um, our agricultural system. And it, that, that remains a, a priority and um, you know, we, we continue to uh, remain in, in, in touch uh, and with, with the Hill as they continue to uh, to uh, move the ball forward on 
on uh, this farm bill. In addition to the president's trip to Minnesota, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will participate in the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis and make stops later in the week in Wyoming and Colorado. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai will visit Indiana to discuss the administration's trade policy, and Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm will go to Arizona promoting clean energy programs. The House is expected to consider the appropriations bill for the Environmental Protection Agency and the Interior Departments tomorrow. EPA proposal includes budget cuts of nearly 40 percent. It also repeals the Biden administration's revised Waters of the United States rule. There's a consequence to adopting new equipment technology that doesn't save on inputs. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Association of Equipment Manufacturers Senior Vice President of Ag Services Kurt Blades says in a lot of cases when farmers make decisions to become more economically sustainable, there's a benefit to the environment. You know, they're, they're buying that because it makes good economic sense for them. When your tractors drive in a straight row, we just know that it's just more efficient. We know that, uh, you know, first of all, they look better, but also it's easier to come back and treat for pesticides and other things. But it also just so happens that when you're driving in a straight row and you're letting your tractor being driven by satellite, it doesn't overlap as much. And that just in turn, you know, logically gives you a fuel safety. But the reason for farmers to adopt that precision agriculture had more to do with their economics of their individual farm. The added benefit is when all farmers adopt precision agriculture, we as an industry have become exponentially more sustainable. Some drive to adopt more sustainable practices has been driven by consumers. Blades says it's important to highlight practices already in place that benefit the environment. I think, you know, kind of what is happening right now is that marrying up of consumer expectations and farmer practices that have, you know, uh, maybe been adopted but not widely publicized or we, we do, a bit, do a little bit better job of educating the consumer of, of you know, what individual farmers do uh, to, to, to maintain their crops and maintain their farms and know that, that we take this very seriously. We take this act of feeding the world very seriously, but we also take this act of protecting the planet very seriously. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Northern Canola Growers Association is joining the Crop Outlook and Durham Forum tomorrow and Thursday in Minot. Northern Canola Growers Executive Director Barry Coleman says the Crop Outlook and Durham Forum is a natural fit for canola growers. Yeah, the canola growers are uh, trying to reach more of our canola um, growers in the western part of the state where acres have really been growing the last five years. And uh, so we've moved our, our annual meeting to a more central location why not to try to get more growers to be able to attend our meetings so we teamed up with the durham growers since a lot of canola growers also grow um, durham and spring wheat and and other cereal grains so we, we certainly think it's a good combination of of growers to have at a at an educational meeting and canola research will be will be featured tomorrow and so we're going to have a lot of uh, information the first day on some canola research that has been done this past year on um, herbicides um, Brian Jenks is going to give a, a talk on some of the issues coming up with resistance for um, um, some herbicides and, and weeds out in the field. We're going to have Jen Canole talk about control measures for flea beetles, which is an important um, thing to control in canola. We're going to hear about clubber diseases from Ben Chopra as well. And we're going to have our annual Canola Growers business meeting that day as well, followed by a 
um, speaker that night um, banquet. Gil Red Angus owner Brian Gill says there could be a lot of opportunity for backgrounders and those selling weaned calves this season. Well, I'm not an economist, but I do believe that we're going to see higher prices here in the long term, especially. But in the next few weeks, I think we've got an opportunity of buying these feeder calves because they come out with the cattle on feed report earlier this summer that said it's the lowest cow numbers the U.S. has seen in 60 years. So with the lowest cow numbers and smaller fats, I think there's an opportunity for this market to go up because the demand, the U.S. demand for beef is currently pretty strong. If that all holds together, we could see some really good fat prices in the future. And I think these wean calves could get pretty high. Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat down four and a half for the Dease contract, 713 and a quarter. Chicago, six cents lower and hard red winter wheat, December down six and a half. The corn market, just a fraction higher, a half penny better for December at 478 and three quarters, March a quarter cent higher. Soybeans for November 1280, that's down two and three quarters. January right now trading at steady money. As we check to the uh, check into the farm calendar, this is the week of the National FFA Convention. That blue wave is making its way to Indianapolis. Uh, the FFA Convention will be continuing through Saturday. That's when they'll announce their new national officer team. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor will be reporting from the National FFA Convention. The American Malting Barley Association is hosting a webinar on Thursday providing an outlook on the prevented plant option during an Understanding Crop Insurance webinar. That's uh, 10 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, you can go to the American Malting Barley Association website for more details on that webinar. Stay warm, drive safe. This is the Red River Farm Network.